And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. The World of Mythbits. Hey everybody, and welcome to the World of Mythbits episode, it's really, really small, 83. I am your host, as always, Stephanie Barty. And first off, if you've tuned in to hear Magazine Review, I'm going to let you know right now, this is not it. Um, I know my intro said that I would be doing the review on Monday, I meant next Monday. Um, as most of you who have followed along for a while now know, I don't like to do magazine review the same day that the magazine comes out. I want to give our readers a chance to read it, to absorb it, to enjoy it, um, before I tear it apart. (laughs) No, before I do my review, because I don't want to... Um, give anything away before they've had a chance to read the stories and discover all the wonderful things that happened happens in all of the stories and the poems that we have. So, a week today will be magazine review. Sorry. So, if you're here for review and that was all you were here for, you can go now. Thank you for coming and I'll see you all next week. Okay. And you can tell my voice isn't really great. I'm not sick. This is allergies. They are horrendous this year. Absolutely horrendous. And the fact that I've been up to the bush twice this week and we've been doing some major purging and renovations in my house this week has not helped at all. Um have some housekeeping to do before we get uh, too carried away. Um, hold on, because it was a long list. Okay. All right, so bear with me, because I'm kind of doing this blind. I'll explain that in a minute. Ah, I really need to start writing this stuff down. Okay. Starting June 1st, the World of Myth will be releasing a story daily, like um, we did with the End by David K. Montoya. We will be releasing a story daily. And it will be one that was either Member of the Month, a Member of the Month winner, or Story of the Month. I guess back they had Story of the Month. And that will run until August 24th, which by then, hopefully, all of this will be over and life will have resumed and people won't be looking for added entertainment in their daily lives. Now, mind you, come the 24th, if you've enjoyed this, we might go move it to like a weekly thing instead of a daily thing. We'll see. I have to run that one by the boss first. Um, number two, Dark Myth Publications is working at coding their past library um, into ebooks. And that will be Book of Dreams, The World of Myth Anthologies, Volumes 1, 
The World of Myth Anthology, Volume 2. And the World of Myth Anthology... Okay, World of Myth Anthologies 1, 2, and 3. Herotica Online Magazine Anthology. It's a Dark Ride, which I do suggest you read. It's really good. I did a review of it. Spiritual Awakening. The Dragon Hunters End of Fantasy Tales. Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner. And the newly acquired brand Zombie Works. Woohoo! <laughs> I just found that out. As you guys just did, I just found that out myself. Alright. Monsterthology Volumes 1. My list has that twice. I'm assuming it's Monsterthology Volume 2. A Dark World of Spirits and the Fae. You Can't Kill Me, I'm Already Dead. Zombie Epidemic, which I'm in. And our newer releases, What Will Be, Will Be. Eternally Bound. Hmm. Arthurian Things, a collection of poems. So that's all being coded for ebook. Um, for what I said at the beginning, Dark Myth, yeah, for Dark Myth Publications, which will be for for sale. I'm assuming. All right, where am I? Ah, I'm lost. Okay. Number three. Next Saturday, May thirtieth, will be sadly. The final run of the Jaso Modcast syndication. We had quite a few shows in syndica- syndication, and we want to thank the following shows Juice Pro Wrestling Podcast, Delivery Brothers Podcast, The Movie Madhouse, Too Opinionated, The Life Radio Show, The Days of Comics Past Podcast, In a City Like Yours, Think Like a Man Podcast. And what's your effing binge podcast? I want to thank all of you guys for being part of the inaugural run of syndication. But as of May 30th, that will be the final run of the Jason Modcast syndication. Thank you, everybody. You guys rocked it. And good luck. Okay. So, you've heard me talk about this have it in your hand purchase it with real money magazine right if you haven't you haven't been paying attention so i wanted to let you know as dave mentioned in his commentary i will not be editor in chief of the new magazine because I don't want to leave the world of myth. I've put a lot of hard work into the world of myth and while I do understand that the other one is a paying position um, I want to stick here with you guys. Now I am going to be overseeing what's going on over there and training the editor-in-chief to do a better job than I do. (laughs) So I will have my fingers over there. I will be over there. But I'm going to stay here with the World of Myth magazine. It's my home. You guys are my family. 
But I get to share the name of the new magazine with you. And it's not really a new magazine because if you read Dave's commentary, um, it was, the idea was kind of batted around and they came up with a name and it never went anywhere. And now it's going somewhere. So, if you write down the initials to the world of myth, you get T-W-O-M. Now, if you split those up, it makes a word and a letter. The word is two. The letter is M. The name of the new magazine is 2M. The number 2M. That is the name of the magazine, 2M. And it will be part of the World of Myth umbrella. So, yay, I can give you the name now. It's 2M. Yay. Okay, moving right along with our housekeeping. Um, the submission guidelines over the next little while are going to change. They're going to be clearer, they're going to be more concise, and I will be adding a couple of things that um, I want everybody to start doing. Now, keeping in mind, not much is going to change, and it's not going to be drastic changes, but um, for our, the new people coming in, um, I need to update the submission guidelines, I need to clean them up, streamline them, make them easier to understand, because we do have a lot of submissions from people that English is their second language. So... Keeping all, with all the legalities in the, the, the guidelines, I want to make it easier to understand. Um, there is no question, this is what they want, this is how they want it, this is what I need to do. Okay, so keep an eye out for that. And open contract challenge. We are down to the final four being announced. I'm announcing two this week and two with magazine review next week. The first one. Contestant number seven in the open contract challenge is, drum roll please, Doug Holly. And I hope I pronounced your last name. And that's Doug, not Sharon. <laughs> Doug will get the joke. Doug Holly, you are contestant number seven in the open contract challenge. Okay, now. I'm going to do a recap. Ha! Okay, I'm going to try and do a recap. I'm not doing it from memory, so bear with me. Because now I have to scroll back through my pictures to find the previous list up to... That's not it. I am blind. Well, not blind. Um... My husband and I went fishing on Tuesday. Now, we went up to a place that is about two and a half hours north-ish of where I am. Now, we went up there 
to a place called Big Hoover River. Big Hoover River? Big Hoover Bay? Big Hoover. It's called Big Hoover something. Anyway, I'm still looking for that list, by the way. Have I found it yet? No. Found it! Okay. I'll finish my story and then I will recount the last seven contestants. So, um, my brother wanted to go fishing because brook trout are running. It is spawning season for brook trout, so they're moving. And brook trout has opened. It opens in, I think there's only like two months out of the entire year that you can't fish for brook trout. And that is like October and November, because I think the season opens in December. Yeah. So it's October and November are the only two months out of the entire year you cannot catch brook trout. Anyway, they have this place that they go up by Huntsville. And it's about a two-hour drive. And then you park your car and it's about a 30-minute walk in. Or at least it's supposed to be. So my husband and I head up there Tuesday. And my husband's only ever been there once. And he decided he didn't like the route that they took in. So he had it in his head that there was another route. Okay, fine. So we drive past where they went in, park, get out, there's a trail, yay! Get all our gear, get all loaded up, everything on our backs, packed in, all right, off we go. Get the bug spray on, because we're going in the bush, and it's black fly season. And them little buggers will carry you away. Remember? 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 I talked last week about black flies and horse flies and all of them flies. So anyway... In we go. I think I've told this story. I feel very, very confident that I have already recounted the four and a half hour walk. The the five hour drive for a four and a half hour hike in the bush. I'm pretty sure I've already told you this. Anyway, we never did find the lake. We never did end up fishing. We traipsed around the bush for four and a half hours. And then drove home. The black flies were horrendous. So, Saturday, my brother's like, I want to go. Okay, we'll go. Brought my nephews with him. Phil and I took my car, because my nephews. I love my nephews. I really do. And my youngest nephew is very much like I was at that age. And still am. This is why I have a podcast. He likes to talk. And he talks nonstop. I'm pretty sure he's like a fish and has gills. and Because he doesn't pause for a breath. He just keeps talking. And I love him to death. I really, really do. But, dude, you need to stop for a moment. Just like, here, eat something. Put something in your face. Put something in your mouth. So, yeah, we took our car. They took their car off we went. So we told my brother about this trail that we found because when we came back out on the Tuesday, we realized that if we had have gone up the second part of the trail, it would have taken us to where we needed to be. So we told my brother about the trail. He's like, oh, well, all right. Beats having to, because the way they went in is they followed the hydroline cut, which means you go straight up 
and then straight down. And then straight up. And then straight down. And then straight up. And then straight down. Continuously. And then on the way back, you have to do it all again. And it's still straight up. And straight down. My husband can't do that. He's old. And has really bad arthritis in his knees. And carries around a lot of weight. And he knows all this. He said all this. And he listens to my podcast periodically. So if he hears this, he'll know. I'm calling him an old fat man. Call him that to his face. Anyway. So we didn't, he didn't want to go in that way. And I really didn't want to go in that way either. I'm not fond of that kind of terrain. Um, I don't mind hiking into fish. But if I am dead tired by the time I get to where I'm fishing, that's not fishing. That's hiking with a rest to with a break to fish. I don't want to do hiking. If I'm going fishing, I want to fish. So anyway, we start hiking in with my brother and my nephews. And the trail is muddy. It's swampy. There's spots that are pretty much small lakes. It's an ATV trail. So it's all tore up from the ATVs running through the mud. So you do have to go around in some spots. It's not great, but it's fairly flat. It's not, I mean, there are little hills here and there, but it's not straight up and straight down and straight up and straight down. It's fairly flat on a gentle incline. So we get to the junction and we're like, okay, we got to go that way. So we go that way. And we get to the clearing at the hydro cut where Phil thought if we continued, we went up and up and down because we had to follow the hydro cut from there, apparently. My brother looks around and goes, holy crap, we're here. Do what? We're here. We just have to find the trail that takes us to the lake. We're at the spot where we take the trail to the lake. It's right there. And it was. It was a minute and a half from where we were standing by foot. It was right there. So when we went traipsing up through the bush on the Tuesday, we were a minute and a half away from fishing. I could have caught me some brook trout on the Tuesday. But no, instead, I traipsed around for four and a half hours to lose the lens out of my glasses. Hence why, in the roundabout way, I've made it back to telling you why I've been blind all week. Because I lost the lens to my glasses. Because it's, it's loose. And I put it in my tackle box, not realizing there was a huge hole in the fabric. And my glasses ended up dangling along. And of course, you know, you're walking and they're banging. And the lens came out and it's in the mud somewhere. Got on the phone right away. Called um, my optometrist, who happens to own an eyeglass store and said, ah, help, I'm blind. All I have are my sunglasses. I can't wear them all the time. Can't wear them in the house. It's a little dark. Can't wear them at night to drive. So she's like, okay, well, I can give you straight long distance. I can't give, I can give you your long distance prescription, but I can't do your bifocals. Because they're progressive. Okay, fine. I don't care. I'm not using the bifocal anyway. So she's like, all right, Monday, bring your, your frames up. Well, that should, I was kind of hoping she could have done them right away. But 
She had to order my lenses because she didn't have them in stock. So she had to order them. Anyway, they're in and I go Monday. So by the time you're listening to this, I will be going today to get my lenses put into my frames. Yay, I will be able to see again. It has really been interesting. Let me tell you. Um, It's been really interesting this week without my glasses because I'm not as blind as I thought I was. I can see a lot more than I realized I could. Um, Small print, forget it. Not happening. Maybe with a magnifying glass in somebody else's eyes. Okay, but mine, no, not happening. But I can watch TV because I have a big-ass TV. I can... Working on the computer is difficult. Um, I can't see the small print. Like when I was doing the magazine, what I do is I will have the piece that I'm editing on my laptop in front of me. I will have the spreadsheet up on my TV screen because my laptop's hooked to the TV. So as I edit piece that I'm working on it get mo- it gets moved to the finished folder and it, once it's in the finished folder it gets marked on the spreadsheet or added to the spreadsheet so that I can keep track of everything and then once everything is edited and in the finished folder I have another folder inside the finished folder called sent and as I send them back to Dave to be coded for the magazine. I move them to the sent folder and then change the color because the spreadsheet is color coded. Change the color on the spreadsheet so that I know which ones have been sent and Dave has access to the spreadsheet and he can look and say, okay, so she claims she sent these ones, but I don't have them in my email. That's happened. I've gotten a text message at like two o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm missing this one. Why am I missing this one? Where is the, you says you sent it. And I look and go, "Ah, it didn't attach. Okay. So I try and keep everything as organized as possible so that I don't forget things. Now, sometimes when a story is a two-parter or a three-parter, if I don't put the second piece into next month's folder on my laptop, And think, oh, I'll remember because I'll just leave it in the, yeah. That happened this month. And again, I am terribly sorry to that person that it happened to. And part two will be in June's um, issue. So those of you that were looking for part two to Umar's, Umar's story... I did not put it in the proper folder, and I missed it, so it will be in June. Okay. You're going to have to bear with me, because, like I said, I went fishing in the bush on Saturday. It is black fly season. Now, it was 80 degrees. It was lovely. Would have been great tank top and short weather, but no, we were going into the bush. So you wear long pants. You wear a long sleeve shirt. So I wore a hoodie. My leggings, my new hiking boots. And we bought bug nets for our heads. It's this net that goes over your head and it's tight around your neck so the bugs can't get in. It keeps them off your face. It's great. And bug spray. Unfortunately, 
because you're fishing and I fish with worms. So my hands are in and out of the worms and in and out of the water and getting wiped on the towel and I wipe the bug spray off. So the black flies have chewed the living daylights out of my hand. Now black fly bites are not like mosquito bites. You don't get a little bump, you put some cream on it, the itch goes away. Black fly bites are a little different. They fill up with a liquid. And not only do they itch, they burn, and they hurt. And the more you scratch it, the more it itches. And the more it itches, the more you scratch it. And the more you scratch it, the more it itches. And then it burns. So my hands are really itchy. And they don't come out right away. Like I thought when we got back to the car and last night and it's like, oh, you know what? This is great. You know, I didn't get any bug bites on my hands. This is awesome. Five o'clock this morning, I wanted to cut my hands off because they were so itchy. Oh, and you get the little, like, I have one on my ring finger. I had to take my wedding ring off because my finger, and they swell. They swell. They cause your, your skin to swell. So my ring finger, I had to take my wedding ring off before it had to be cut off, had swollen. And it's right on the inside of the finger, in between my ring finger and my go-away finger. That's a nice way of saying that finger. But you also get these little water blisters as well. Now, I did go to the drugstore today, and I did get some polysporin for itch. I'm regretting that decision because it doesn't work near as well as the Benadryl or Calamine, which I did have in my hands and was thinking, you know, maybe I should get this too, and did not. I trusted in the polysporin, and the polysporin has let me down. Because 5 o'clock this morning, I was with the Calamine lotion, only to find out the Calamine lotion had gotten all hard inside. I could hear liquid, but it was underneath a crust. Good thing I had a screwdriver on my bedside table. Don't ask. And I got some. And I put it on my hands. And then I brought home the polysporin today and got all excited. And I threw out that bottle of calamine lotion. I want to go find it now. I do have ammonia. Which works as well. But it hurts. But you get to a point with an itch that you're pretty much, you don't care if it stings, if it burns, if it makes you want to scream in pain, you don't care because it doesn't itch. So I'm very itchy. I have bites that, and, and they appear like over a period of time. So the ones on my hands are the ones that came up first. And now I've discovered I have some up my arm, around my elbow. And then I had a few more break out across my stomach. And down the backs of my legs. Yeah. So I'm just one great big seething itch at the moment. And you want to find something hard and scratchy. Just kind of rub yourself all over it. Stop the itching. The only consolation I have is that I do know that it will go away. See, I, I was 
when I was a kid, I, I'm an outdoor person. So I would get the bug spray and then I'd be gone. And when you're gone all day, bug spray wears off after a while, especially if you're in and out of the water like we were. So I was always covered in mosquito bites. My grandmother used to say when I was a kid, you know, you can't find two inches on my legs that didn't have a scab because I would have mosquito bites and I would scratch them in my sleep. And it would look like a crime scene in my bed in the morning because I would scratch them till they bleed because I'm asleep. So I'm scratching, not paying attention. So I, I know the agony of itching. I know all the tricks. Most of the tricks don't work with black fly bites, unfortunately. Ow! Ow! I'm trying one trick right now, and that is you score the bite in the center, like you put an X with your nail. It hurts. And your own saliva is supposed to help, too. Toothpaste, mouthwash... That all works. Tobacco, but I don't smoke anymore, so it's not going to do me any good. Tobacco actually is best for um, bee and wasp stings. But the more you talk about it, too, the more focused you are on the itching. And I scratched, so that just, now it's like, <laughs> you know. But yeah, so... The bugs were bad. We finally made it to the lake. It's a beautiful lake. I posted a panoramic picture that I took. And then Facebook made it 3D. So that was really cool. Um, there are no cottages. There is not a living soul on this lake. It's not a big lake. Like the panoramic picture that you see. That is the entire lake. And um, the Ministry of Natural Resources just stocked the lake two years. Or last year. 2019. They do it every every two years. So there are no roads into this lake. You can't drive into it. There are no beaches on this lake. There are no cottages or houses on this lake. You have to walk in by trail. So it is one of the areas that are truly untouched by civilization. It's great. But the bugs know it. And when a human walks into the bush, the bugs all go, woohoo! We got takeout! And they're excited. Now, we didn't catch anything worth bringing home. Okay. They didn't catch anything at all. I didn't catch anything worth bringing home. Um, I did. I got the first catch. My brother was all like, oh, first cast. I got the first cast. I'm in the water. I got the first cast. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Whatever. You got the first cast. Yay. Good for you. Awesome. I put my line in the water. And my little bobber starts going up and down. Yoink! Sunfish. I got the first fish. So then it was on. Once you catch... Whoever catches the first fish, game on from that point. I outfished both my nephews. Which isn't hard. One's 11. One's 9. I outfished my husband. And I, I always outfish my husband. He gets bored and wanders off. I outfished my brother. Now, my brother and I are competitive. My brother and my sister and I are always competitive with each other. We've always been that way. 
And our parents kind of encouraged it because it fostered a desire in us to do better. Okay, he beat me on that. I need to learn more. I need to practice. I need to get better so I can beat him the next time. And it was always a friendly competition. Like we never, never got nasty. My brother's always been a really good fisherman. Then again, so have I. And I also got a whole bunch of years experience on him because I'm 12 years older than my brother. So it was like, oh yeah, I got the first fish. And he's like, yeah, but it's not a brookie. That's what you call brook trout, brookies. All right, fine. Line back in the water. Let the little dude, let the little dude go. No sooner did that worm hit the surface and boom, I got a brook trout. And that's all I caught after that. I think I caught like five or six brook trout. But I mean, they were only the length of my hand. So I think it was all the fish that the ministry put in the lake last year. Every single one of them survived. Every single one of them got put back in the lake. Every single one of them will live to be caught again next year. So we didn't get anything worth bringing home. But... I did catch fish, so. And I did outfish my brother. So I was happy about that. And he did like the, the, the trip in. It, uh, the, the other way that they went in was about a 45 minute to an hour walk. Because it's rough terrain. You're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. The way we went in, it was a 30 minute walk and it wasn't bad. Like you, you still had energy. You were good by the time you got to the lake. So, I mean, that's how we fish. We drive for however many hours it takes. And then you do like a 30-minute walk in to the lake through the bush. And then you fish. You don't just pull up to wherever and drop a line. I mean, we do that too. But, yeah, we are avid fisher people. And, yeah, we do it for sport. Like, I have a sport. My license is sport fishing. There's a difference. There's two types of fishing license for those of you that don't fish. And I know there are those of you out there that don't fish or fish for fun or haven't fished since you were a kid. Now, in Ontario, there are two types of licenses. There is a conservation license and there is a sport license. On a conservation license, it's mostly catch and release. You can keep a maximum, I do believe, of two of whatever is in season, whatever season it is. So I think with the brook trout, you could keep two per person. So I could have kept two, Phil could have kept two, my brother could have kept two. With a sport license, that is for survival. So you're fishing for food, which is what we do. We fish for food, we hunt for food, we grow food. So with a sport license you are allowed five per person and then of course like there's the length limits and the weight limits and all of that but you're allowed five so effectively phil and i could have brought home 10 fish 10 brook trout for our freezer we didn't but we could have um now when you're fishing for food um, 
you tend to get a little picky on what you keep and what you don't keep. Like I've thrown back when it comes to, um, like when I go bass fishing and I'm fishing for largemouth or smallmouth bass, I'm, I'm not keeping the one, two pounders because of the limit on what I'm allowed to keep. I'm wanting the two to four pounders. I want the big guys. But in that, you also have to look, is it a male? Is it a female? Because if you got a four pound female, that's a breeder. Which means she goes back in the lake because she's going to make babies. The same with the brook trout. Like we weren't keeping, we weren't going to keep anything over two pounds, two or three pounds because they're breeders. They make more, they make baby brook trouts. So, there's your fishing lesson for today. Yes, I have a conservation fishing license and we are working towards our hunting license so that we can hunt deer to put meat in our freezer. So, yeah. I'm an outdoorsy girl. It's what I do. I enjoy it. Um, even the bug bites. I don't enjoy the bug bites, but it's a price I'm willing to pay to be outside doing something. I love to fish. I do a lot of fishing actually surprisingly clears my head, puts me in a better headspace. Um, I came back from fishing Saturday and it did a lot of good for my mental health. Just being out in the bush, breathing in that fantastic... There's nothing... there. You can't describe the way the bush smells. When you're walking through cedar trees and pine trees and birch trees, that smell just... And the dirt and oh... Hmm. You can't... You can't bottle that. You can't reproduce it. You just... You can't... Um, and we saw moose tracks. We heard something big going through the bush. We're pretty sure it was a moose. Moose tracks and coyote tracks. And it was great. Just great. But it was great. It was good for me. Because I have not been in a good headspace, as you all know. And I want to thank you all, by the way, to those of you that reached out and emailed me and, and sent me messages. Thank you. It it means the world to me. It really does. And it, it really touched me. Um, we've had all three of our kids have moved out and when our oldest boy moved out he left a lot of crap behind and he said and I quote when you get a bin let me know when I will split the cost with you because most of my crap is going in the bin and it'll fill the bin okay well we're not a rich family. Bins are expensive. So we have a lot of junk we've accumulated over the years. Um, we needed a bin. Haven't been able to get a bin, so things pile up. And they've been piling up in this one bedroom, in our spare bedroom, in our house. Our house is a three-bedroom house. We've only ever been able to use two of them. No, that's not true. We did use the other bedroom. But anyway, so because Katie's the youngest, she had to wait her turn for the big room. First, the boys had the big room. 
And then William moved out. And Andrew got the big room to himself. And Katie was still in the little room. And she always knew when Andrew moved out, she got the big room. She got to move into the big room. That was the thing. So Andrew moves out. And he leaves all of his crap behind. Because he had crap. He was a teenage boy. And I wasn't buying him nice crap or new crap. Because he abused his crap. And turned it into crap. And we're not rich. So, you know, hand-me-down stuff. Old metal desk. And um, we had a TV when they were little. And it was a floor model TV. And I distinctly remember sitting on the floor with both the boys playing Pokemon. On, I think it was Nintendo 64 or something. Playing Pokemon Battle. Anyway. So we had the floor model TV. And that blew. Well, then he decided to keep the floor model TV and put his big RCA TV on top of it. You know, like the big ones. The big back, not like these flat LCD screens, but the old-fashioned TVs that had the big backs. And the rounded, yeah. Glass screen. Yeah, those. So he kept the floor model TV to put the new TV on top of. And then that one blew up. So, when he moved out, he left his bed because his dog tore up his bed. His dog ate his bed. He left his couch because it was huge and it was heavy and it was old and falling apart. And I mean, when I say it was huge and it was heavy, it was made back in the day where they actually still put coil springs in couches and real wood in couches. So, I mean, it held together great, but the foam cushions and all of that had disintegrated to like dust. So he left that, and he left his metal desk, no legs. Well, Katie wanted the big room. So she proceeded to take all of her brother's crap and move it out of the big room and put it in the little room. And then she moved into the big room. And... Over the five years that he's been gone, we would say to Katie, Katie, clean your room. Katie would clean her room. She would shove things. Garbage, recycling, clothing, anything that was on her floor, into garbage bags. And then she would zip down the hall and put said garbage bag into the little room until garbage day. And I'm doing air quotes, okay? And my husband does the garbage and the recycling. And they would get forgotten. And they would accumulate in there. The door was closed. So with the door closed, I could pretend it didn't exist. I'm really good at doing that. Um, well, now she's moved out. And she's left all of her crap behind. Plus all of the crap that she had put into the little room. You couldn't get the door open. It looked like a hoarder lived in there. So we got a bin. Six foot high, 20 yard bin. The biggest bin that the big yellow bins had. There's a construction bin. That couch is in that bin. Both those TVs and that desk are in that bin. All those bags are in that bin. There is one little pile left in that room. And then we can enter the closet. <laughs> because... Not only is 
my son's stuff and my daughter's stuff. But my ex-daughter-in-law, I still consider her my daughter-in-law, and my granddaughter lived here for a while. And when she moved out, she left a whole bunch of stuff. So we decided nobody else is living in this house ever again but us. Because there is no room in this house for anybody else's crap. Oh, so anyway, once we get that room cleaned out, we're going to have to get another bin to do Katie's room because she's left a whole bunch of crap in there. And just, oh, the door is closed. I don't have to see it. So I pretend it doesn't exist. And now I'm left cleaning it up. Anyway, so once the little room is cleaned out, and I get it painted, it is going to be the guest room slash my office. So I'm going to have a place to work where I can close the door and I can go and I can just be and do. So, yay, I am excited. I'm almost there. Almost there. I mean, I'm already looking around in my room going, that can go in there and that can go in there and that can go in there. There'll be nothing left in my room. It'd be great. I have a closet so that I can put, you know, extra clothes in there. My clothes that are in here, I can move in there. It'd be great. My craft stuff from the craft room, the little room. And I mean, when I say little room, it is a little room. You can't even put a six foot mattress flat down in there. It's little. That's going to become the linen closet. It's great. I'm so excited. But anyway, so yeah, that's what I've been doing all day, which is why I sound like this. Because I was in the bush twice this week, and I've been cleaning and clearing out and dealing with dust and feathers. Don't Feathers, yeah, feathers. Um, yeah, so I sound a little rough. I'm a little itchy. Allergies are... You know, kicking my butt. And they've never really, like, normally I could get the allergy stuff from the dollar store and be fine. I don't know why they're worse this time, this this year, but wow, are they ever. Um, it's also later in the season, too, for when, like, everything is just starting to bloom now. And we're at the end of May. So the pollen is a little heavier because now we have, all of a sudden we have this warm weather and all of this stuff is blooming, which it's usually bloomed by now. So I sound like this and I can't call my doctor and say, Hey, can I get an allergy shot? Cause no, my doctor's not seeing patients. So I had to go to the pharmacy and actually get real allergy meds. And I'm on like day two, day three of the Claritin. So I'm hoping. I am getting better. I'm hoping I'm not coughing all night. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't normally have this congestion. It's usually just like runny nose, itchy, runny eyes, snot face, and I take a pill and I'm good. But, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not enjoying allergy season. So, all right. Next week is magazine review, I promise. I will be doing it from the lovely climbs of Grimsby. I'm going to see my sister. I get to see my niece and my nephew. I'm so excited. 
So anyway, I will be podcasting from there. Um, two things to remember. And I got this from a t- guy on TikTok that I follow. When you are out in public, two important things. Turn signals and hand sanitizer. Use them. I just think that's funny. Turn signals and hand sanitizer. Yes, I understand our country, our province, is starting to reopen. And I know in the States it's the same thing. But that doesn't mean we can let up on the social distancing and the safety. Because the virus is still there. Yeah, we're flattening the curve, but it's still there. We don't want to make it worse and there was a display in Toronto this weekend in a park it was packed and the um, Surgeon General I do believe it was of Canada actually said that that was pretty much like a slap in the face to our frontline workers that you would go and be with hundreds of other people just to do it. I mean, our province has lifted it from gatherings of five to gatherings of ten. Golf courses and marinas are starting to reopen, but social distancing is still very much enforced. Businesses are reopening, but they are still very much enforcing wearing masks, social distancing, limiting the amount of people in and out of the stores. So, why? Why? I read something on Facebook about it. Yeah, I'm kind of going off on a little rant here about this whole COVID-19. I haven't really said much about it. But a lot of people are taking the stance of, well, I'll survive it. I'll be fine. Yeah, you will. Yay, great for you. But what about the two weeks that you had it, that you were asymptomatic and you didn't know you had it? And you went to the grocery store and you touched a can of soup or you did something. Or you shook somebody's hand. Or you went and visited your friend, had pizza and girls night and drank and you passed it on to them. And they've got an 83-year-old grandmother with COPD who's on oxygen and they went and visited them because they didn't feel sick. And now that grandmother's dead. Just because you'll survive it doesn't mean somebody else will. You're not wearing the masks to protect you. You're not wearing the gloves to protect you. You're not using the hand sanitizer and social distancing to protect you. You'll survive. You're doing it to protect somebody else. Think outside yourself for five minutes. Because I can guarantee you, if it was your grandmother, if it was your immunocompromised child or spouse, you would be the first one to be standing there screaming, put a mask on. 
I guarantee you, you would be. Don't be selfish with somebody else's life. Okay, I'm getting off my soapbox now because now I'm just getting cranky. And this is not the podcast for that. You did hear me mention in my intro. Podcasts. See, I have a lot to say. And I don't generally say it. I tend to censor myself and limit myself on this podcast. So, the powers that be have seen fit to give me my very, very own, all mine, untethered, unrestricted, unlimited podcast. Y'all are in trouble. Keep an eye out for it. I think you'll like it. If you like listening to me tell my stories and listen to my rants and and my ramblings, you'll enjoy it because it'll be a whole lot. That's what the entire show will be. There won't be any, it won't be any magazine related stuff. It'll all just be me because this is for the magazine. So I have to kind of keep it on the up and up and, and I will be completely uncensored over there. Probably will not be kid friendly. I'm not a big cursor, but You know, I got stories. (laughs) I got stories. Okay, so that's it for this week. Uh, Don't forget to check out the magazine at www.theworldofmyth.com. Read the stories. Vote for the stories, the poems, the pictures. Drop a line. Let the artists or the authors know that you appreciate their hard work. Check us out on Facebook at the World of Myth Magazine and the World of Myth Bits Podcast. You can find me on Facebook at Author Loop Step. Blah, blah. Wow, Author Stephanie Barty. I am. We are all over on Twitter at the World of Myth Magazine and the World of Myth Bits Podcast. And me, Lupa B. You can find me on Instagram. You can also find the Open Contract Challenge on Instagram, and. Oh, right. I was going to give you all the updated, and I still have to give you the eighth contestant. Wow. At least I remembered before I ended the podcast. Okay. So, the updated list, one through seven, we have Gabriella Balcom, Vincent May, J. Robert Bellamy, Jason C. Wint, Walter G. Esselman, Christopher Bice, Doug Hawley. Contestant eight, in the Open Contract Challenge is Maggie D. Brace. Congratulations, Doug and Maggie. You are moving on to the next round. Okay. Ha. Phew. All right. I think before I screw anything else up, I am going to bid you all adieu. Hope you all have a good week, and we will meet back here. Same bat channel, same bat time for magazine review next week. Remember... Turn signals and hand sanitizer. Go check out the magazine. Read, vote, comment. Share it with your friends. If you've got a story to tell, if you've got a poem you want to write, if you've got a picture you want to share with us, send them on over to me. And you could end up in the magazine too. All right. Have a good one, everybody. See ya.
the world of mythbits.